That's where we're going to jump in today, and actually that's where we're going to jump off from for the next four Sundays. That's going to be our, our spot that we're going to jump from and then look at some other scriptures. Matthew 6 is, uh, if you're new to the uh, scriptures, it's little more than halfway through the Bible, and it's the first book in the New Testament, and we're going to be looking at chapter 6. And chapter 6 is actually in the middle of what is called the Sermon on the Mount by Jesus. It's uh, chapters 5 through 7. And in this particular spot, Jesus is teaching about prayer, so we want to jump off from there. And we're calling this sermon series, by the way, Pray Like Jesus. Like, hmm. I'm, I'm not sure I'm capable of that. I hope that over the next four weeks, you're going to realize you certainly are. You're capable of praying like Jesus. As a believer, you have the same access that he had to Jesus. And the, zeroing in this morning on the thought of how do we pray like God's child? That's why we sang some of the songs this morning and declaring, I am a child of God. How can we pray childlike? And that might be a new thought, just new language for you that you may not have heard about. So as we do that, as we talk about that this morning, can somebody give me some water? I feel like I'm about to <coughs> all over the place up here. Uh, sorry. Uh, but as we talk about that, it would be, I, I think it's a mindset that even though you may have heard this all of your Christian life, I am a child of God, do we really live in that? Do we really rest in that? And how could that impact our prayer lives and should impact our prayer lives? Uh, little story here. Sent last Saturday, not yesterday, because I was here with the work day, but last Saturday, I did my normal routine. It's not everybody's normal routine on Sunday morning, or Saturday morning, excuse me. Uh, it starts with between 5 and 6 o'clock, my alarm clock goes off. That is a moment from hell. <laughs> no one should have to set their alarm on Saturday mornings. Is that not right? Yeah. I'm just, just saying. If you come over to my mansion in heaven, uh, there will be no alarm clocks there because they will be cast into the utter darkness. It goes off between 5 and 6 because that's uh, my routine to get up and do a, go for a run on Saturday mornings. And last uh, Saturday, it was gorgeous if you're a runner. It was just a perfect morning to run. It's like in the low 50s, no humidity, and of course at that time it's still dark outside, so it's just peaceful. And I'm running along and I had a thought that I've never had before. It wasn't really earth-shattering, but when I was a kid, I didn't worry about the weather. That was my thought. Like, I, I don't worry about the weather, thank you. I don't worry about the weather. As a runner, I think about it. You know, I check the weather before I go to bed at night to see if I plan on run in the morning, is it gonna be raining? Do I have to go to the gym? Which means I gotta get up earlier and slam that alarm clock <clears throat> a little harder. <laughs> I do use the snooze button, don't judge me. <laughs> but I just, it's like, I never used to worry about the weather. As a kid, I never did. Why? Well, my mom and my dad would tell me, if it's too cold outside, get your jacket on, or it's raining and you can't go outside. They would tell me all that stuff. Believe it or not, kids, those of you who are over here, let's say under the age of 25, we used to have what we call a newspaper. <laughs> and you would actually lean into, the, if you cared about it, you would lean into the part of the newspaper that tells you what the weather's going to be like. I know, weird. It's just all weird. Now, I, I have to think about the weather. I choose to think about the weather. 
Why am I telling you this? Because I could get a little worked up, and some of us do in this room, we get worked up over things like the weather. <laughs> not judging, not judging. And the, the couple of thoughts here before we read in uh, Matthew 6. The antidote to worry is trust. And the peace of trust lies in the object in, of our trust. So if my, if my peace is in the newspaper, newspaper oh my goodness, that's, that's a little, eesh, that's concerning. But if my peace is found in Jesus Christ, my relationship with him, trust, trust is so much different because it, he is the object of my trust. So as, if I'm gonna pray like Jesus, then I need to think about my relationship with God the Father. And prayer is really more about relationship than anything else. It really is. I have a book here that I want to recommend to you by Larry Crabb, if you're a reader. Larry Crabb, anybody ever read anything by Larry Crabb? Uh, I see four hands. Well, congratulations. Y'all learned more than just God is creepy. You learned that there's a good author out there named Larry, Larry Crabb. Uh, he wrote this book called The Papa Prayer, and he, in one of I'm going to show you a quote from it. He's talking about the difference between what he called relational prayer and petitionary prayer. In other words, am I drawing into God as, uh, as someone that I can relate to and I want to relate to, or is he just somebody that I'm just asking for a bunch of stuff to get from me, like I'm, I'm calling up Amazon? Here's what he said. Relational prayer must always come before petitionary prayer. Relate and then request unless we become as little children who approach our Heavenly Father just to be near Him, something in our hearts will keep us confused and frustrated when we ask God for what we want. The key thing that I hope you walk away from this morning is that as a child of God, you, your prayers are more about just relating to Him and building your relationship with Him than anything else. That's what we're after. Would you stand with me as we read Matthew 6? verses 5 to 15. I want to ask you to do two things as, we're, as I'm going to be reading. Uh, the phrase, two words, the phrase, your father, is going to come up often. And when we get there, let's just say those two words together, and I'll keep reading. When we get down to verse 9, the actual, uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer is uh, there, and we're going to read that together. Just heads up, this is from the, a different version than probably you're used to saying it, so some of the words will be a little different when we get to verse 9. Follow along with me in verse 5. Whenever you pray, again, Jesus is teaching them, so he's teaching about prayer. You must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Let's read this together. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Verse 14 says, For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Thank you. You can be seated. A familiar passage to us. So it's nice to be reminded that Jesus was teaching here. What Jesus was teaching was uh, certainly more of a model. It, it, it wasn't designed for you just to say that and you never have to pray anything ever again. That wouldn't feel very relational, would it? If you just say the same words all the time, like a robot? No. What he's giving here is what rabbis actually in that time did all the time to the ones who they were teaching. He's giving them, you might call it an index. You know, here's the sort of subject titles that we should include. These are the areas of prayer that we should include. So that first part of it where he says, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. He's drawing them in in a very unique way. Notice he doesn't say, pray my Father. That's interesting. He says, our Father. And this is somewhat a different language, even though that's very common to us, that's somewhat of a different language for these listeners. And here's why. And in, in, he's introduced, <clears throat> excuse me, he's introducing this to them because he's introducing a whole new connection to God that they haven't experienced before. Him. <laughs> they haven't experienced him as their connection to God. And it's hard it's hard for us, I think, to really put ourselves in the shoes of the people that are listening to him teaching right here. But when we can, we can hear that he's saying to all people, you have an opportunity to connect to God differently than you ever have before, and that's because of me. This is why I came. And here's the truth for anyone in the room who's a believer. When you became a believer, you moved to a special relationship with God. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> we, uh, all of us, have been created by God. Scripture tells us that. So all of humankind has a, what I would call a common connection to their creator. But when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you now have a special connection to God as your heavenly father. Do you understand that? You are no longer just some creation of his that you might think, he doesn't care about me. He cares about everybody, but it, it is incredibly elevated when you are brought into the family and you are now his child. So maybe you're questioning, I'm not sure if I am or I, I need some validation about that, but I want you to see this statement here. Believers have moved from a common connection with their creator to a special connection with their heavenly father. You wanna pray like Jesus? Understand you have that same connection to the heavenly father because you are his child. How do you know if you're his child? If you can answer yes to a couple of questions, then you'll know. Here's the first one. Have you received Jesus? Have you received him? Here's a couple of verses for you to see from the book of John, a couple of books over from Matthew, the first chapter of John, verse 11 and 12, it says this. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. So if you can answer yes to the question, have you received him, you are a child of God. You can pray to God the Father the same way Jesus did. 
Woohoo! Yeah? That, that should bring hope and grace to you. If you can answer that question, yes. The second question, have you believed in Jesus? Look at this verse from 1 John 5, 1. It says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. So receiving and believing. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. That first part, everyone who believes has become a child of God. You've moved from just acknowledging that maybe he was God's son to saying, I believe in him. I believe the words we sang in the, in the verse, in, in the songs this morning, I believe in everything he did and that he did it for me to draw me into a special connection with his father. I have that same connection now. So have you believed? Have you received? And the third question is, are you led by the Holy Spirit? Verse uh, 14 through 16 of Romans 8, Paul is writing to the church in Rome, and he says this to them. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. I can stop there, but there's more. Verse 15, for you do not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, this question gets a little can get a little sticky. But the question is, are you led by the Holy Spirit? Uh, our Thursday morning uh, men's group, that one of the guys said this week that he, he's bothered very much that when he does something he knows he shouldn't do, that it just drives him crazy. Why do I do that? I don't wanna do that. Guess what? We have all been there. And that little nudge, that little reminder that, that that wasn't the best thing to do. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit leading you. You are a child of God if, if that is constantly going on. So what does this have to do with praying like Jesus? Because Jesus, I think I missed a slide, but anyway, Jesus is, if, okay, let me just hit the pause button here for a second. I know there's people in the room that had to fill out the blanks because I put blanks on the sheet for you this week, so let me make sure you don't miss any blanks, all right? The, the sentence that says, Jesus is God's son, believers are too. There's your blanks, so you can go back to thank you. Jesus is God's son and believers are too. And so this, this should invigorate your prayer life. I am a child of God and I get to talk to him anytime I want, anytime. And he wants to talk with me. He wants that relationship. And the more I engage it, the more I want it. And you have that access as a child of God. Maybe you don't feel like you have that access, and maybe it's because those three questions that we just talked through, maybe one of the answers there is no. There's where you, you can zoom in and say, I wanna change that. I choose to receive. I choose to believe. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I need God as my Father, not just my Creator. I want that special connection, and I need it. You can pray like Jesus because you can be a child of God. So how do you do that? You can pray like Jesus by doing simple statements, repeating that you have received him, that you do believe in him, and you're grateful for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Those are your two blanks. You're, 
receptive of, belief in, and grateful for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Those of you who are married in the room. The, when you got married, I, I asked Son, uh, Sonia and Art earlier when they got married, and they told me 1959, am I correct? 1959. Wow. So we're, we're coming on year 60 for you guys. That's awesome. We should clap for that. Year 60. <laughs> so when, the day you got married, you said, hopefully, to your spouse, you love them. Hopefully, you said that somewhere in the conversation. And whatever your vows were, here's the question. Was that the only time you ever heard that? No. Was that the last time you heard it? That would be pretty sad if that was the last time you heard it. Why wouldn't we continue to tell Jesus and God that we believe and that we believe? Why wouldn't we keep saying, I receive you right now. I need you right now. Why wouldn't we keep acknowledging that the Holy Spirit is present in my life and I need you right now? whether that's to forgive somebody, whether that's to love somebody, whether that's to make a decision, whatever that is. When you do that, you're praying like Jesus. Yes? So this week, this day, you could pray like Jesus just because you're a child of God and continue to say the things. What does that do? It deepens the relationship. And here's the next thought. Your second point on your sheet says this, that Jesus trusted his Father. Believers can too. When... And you could trust, so like trusting the weatherman, <laughs> it's better. But you could, trust, you could trust the Father because you have built this relationship and you have committed and said, I believe you, I want to be led by you, then I'm going to trust you. If that's nothing else that you pray this week, pray that and pray like Jesus said, I'm going to trust you. I want to show you a picture of a couple of my family members. This is a picture of my mother and one of her newest great-grandchildren. This was uh, March 16th, so a couple weeks ago, a day before she turned 82 on St. Patrick's Day. And so we had lunch uh, that day as a family. And she's holding Grant. Grant is nine months old, about to be 10 months old. And uh, Grant, by the way, has blue eyes that are gonna get him in trouble. <laughs> He's got some serious blue eyes. And that's, that day was the first time I'd met Grant, and uh, he's, he's a character. He loves attention, and one of the ways that he got attention was by doing what you're about to see on this GIF. <laughs> you ask him, did he want the lima bean? Nope. You ask him, do you want sweet tea? Nope. Just whatever you ask him, that's what you got. <laughs> You've seen that before, probably from your own kids, your own grandkids, right? This is what I'm going to call pulling a grant. Sometimes, you can move on to the next slide. Sometimes, we don't need to see that all day. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, because our natural inclination is to say no, this is how we talk to God. This is how we talk to each other. Because that's how we're naturally inclined to be. I want my way, right? I, I don't want that whatever being you just called that. I don't want that. I tell you that, when we gave him ice cream, he wanted the ice cream. He was all about the ice cream. <laughs> Trust is a supernatural activity. 
And the more I can lean into God as my Father, the more He's going to be able to do supernatural activity in my life. And don't we need it? We need this. As, an indiv- as individuals, as families, as a church, we must lean into the only access for supernatural activity, and that is leaning into our Father and trusting Him. And we trust Him by not pulling a grant, you know, and saying no to everything, and letting Him have all access, full access. So if you were to make a list, what are the things I need to trust God with? That could be a, a really long list. Maybe that's an activity you could do this week. What are the things I need to trust God with that maybe I'm challenged with? Let me give you a couple of ones just to get you started. Uh, trust with time. That could mean all kinds of different things. It could mean just the fact that I need to give time daily to this relationship between me and God. I need to give time to that. And it's easy to let that sort of slide, right? It's easy to let that happen. But I, I want access, and I already have it. I just need to tap into it. I want the access to that supernatural movement in my life that people can say, God's, God's walking with you. Several of you in the last couple of weeks have shared different stories with me about things that are going on and how you're seeing God do exactly that. He is walking with you. As we do this 28 days of prayer as a church, that is what we're after. We're after God walking with us, individually, as family, but certainly as a corporate body, that God walk with us. And if we can trust Him, and we will trust Him with our time, we can just sit back and let God be in charge. We don't have to control squat which is hard for some of us. We want to control everything, right? So it's, it's very much a chronological kind of thinking. Uh, there are two words, by the way, that back in Jesus' day that they used for time. One of them was chronos, and the other one was kyrios. Chronos meant you, sort of a mentality of asking, what time is it? Like right now it's 11.24, and I got, the clock says I have two minutes and 30 seconds left, so to speak. <laughs> we'll see. But what time is it? That's one mentality. The other one, curious, is what is this time for? Totally different. So what if I talk to God and just ask him, in the next couple of weeks, what are these weeks for? Maybe you've recently had a diagnosis that's new to you. Instead of asking God, I want this cleaned out of my body in the next five days, what if you change that to, what, what's this time for? What can I learn? How can I draw closer to you? How can I be an image of you to other people? Different thoughts there about trusting God with your time. Let me give you a couple of other ones. Trust with your needs, trust with your patience, trust with your consistency, all of these things And again, your list could go on and on and on about things that you could trust God with. Look back at verse 8 of Matthew 6. Why do we know we can trust him? Why why do we know Jesus trusted him? Well, he said this at the end of verse 8. Your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Oh, live in that. 
He already knows what your needs are, but he knew that you were even going to be asking for it or not asking for it. He already knows your needs. Many of you know that we're praying for one of our families in our church, the Bennett family, because uh, Caleb, ooh, Caleb had a uh, boating accident this week, and he ended up having brain surgery and removed a portion of his skull. And so he's in children, all children's hospital today. Guess what? They didn't catch God by surprise on Wednesday. It didn't. Rick and Kelly were in the Bahamas and the, their kids were here with the grandparents. It didn't catch him by surprise that they were gonna be in the Bahamas. He knew, verse eight, your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Our challenge as a finite human being is I can only see what's here right now. I know what I would like to see five days from now. Church, there's a lot of thoughts about what we would like to see in the future of this church. But what if we said to ourselves, I'm just gonna sit back and I'm just gonna trust God. This is his, it's not mine, it's his. And I can trust him with it. Why? Because he knows the things we need before we ask him. How are you praying like Jesus to show that I trust my father? In some reading for preparing for this particular uh, message, I came across a, a pastor who was talking about how he answered his children's questions one night before they went to bed, similar to what Neil said. I'm not getting any answers back. Sometimes that feels that way, right? So he gave this illustration that he has three kids, and one night before they were going to bed, they all asked him questions, and they all got a different answer. One of them asked, can I have some grapes? Sure, you know, have some grapes before you go to bed. Not a problem with that. Second kid, can I have some Coke to drink? No, you cannot have any Coke. You can have some water, but you can't have any Coke before you go to bed. Third kid, I, I, these kind of kids are hilarious to me. Third kid, hey, Dad, we went swimming today. Can we go swimming again right now? <laughs> and his dad, again, different response. We can't go right now, but we'll go later. Three different questions, three different responses, all honest, good, trustworthy responses from the Father. If you're getting a yes, if you're getting a no, if you're getting a wait answer, you can trust in your Father. How are you praying like Jesus and illustrating that you trust Him? You trust God the Father, and you trust the Holy Spirit. You can pray like Jesus. Live in the truth that you are a child of God, and live in the truth that God is trustworthy. I wanna end with just giving you a, a suggestion. I encourage you to ask yourself this question you see on the screen here. What if you prayed scriptures that reminded you as God's child that he can be trusted? I'm gonna give you a couple to write down and then you can go find your own, add to it. Here's one, Psalm 115, the whole chapter. If you read Psalm 115, the psalmist is writing and he's continually harping that God is my shield. I, I don't have to fear, he is my shield. That's a 
huge promise. Some of, you, some of us in here this morning, we need that. We need that reminder. Here's a second one. Isaiah 26, verses 1 through 4. In verse 3 of that chapter, the writer says that those who keep their mind on God have peace. You need peace this morning? Claim that promise. Pray that promise. God, I need peace in my life, and I know if I keep my mind on you, you're going to give it to me. Help me do that. Pray like a child. Doesn't have to be all flowery language that goes on for 500 hours. It doesn't have to be that. Just speak like you're speaking to your father because you can trust him and he is your father. Let's stand together. I want to ask uh, those who are coming to help with uh, invitation time if you'll come forward and just be present here. And here's the simple invite this morning is let's just pray. It's as simple as that. Let's just pray. Some of us, it would be helpful to us to pray with another person. Uh, some of our deacons are going to be down front to welcome you and pray with you. Uh, some of us, we just need to come down and, and just throw stuff down from a child's heart to a daddy's heart, to your heavenly father's heart. This morning, we're not going to sing any songs. They're just going to play music. And as that music is played... You follow what God is asking you to do. Maybe it's to go to someone else in the room and pray with them. We mentioned the personnel committee members a while ago. Maybe you just want to go over there and pray with them right now and pray over them. Whatever God is asking you to do as you listen to this music, follow what God is asking you to do and lean in to your Heavenly Father. Let's do that.